Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today are a couple of people from St. Bonaventure School here in the Diocese of Orange. The principal, Kim White, along with Vanessa Fry, who's the Director of Marketing and Enrollment, and an alumnus of the school, Alexa Belanowit. Did I say? Okay, we got it. (laughs) So, Alexa, thank you also for... Alexa's on the phone, so for those of you who are in the listening audience, it's not your fault, it's ours. But for everyone else, we're here in the studio where it's nice and clear, and we're coming to you from high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Before we begin... Let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer. And I think, Kim, as principal with all things leadership, would you please begin us with a word of prayer? I would love to. And uh, just running through my head is the prayer of peace. So let's go ahead and start together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope where there's darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born into eternal life. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. I haven't heard that prayer recited since I was principal at St. Catherine of Alexandria School in Riverside, which is not what we're here to talk about today, mm-hmm. because we're here to talk about St. Bonaventure and the Presentation Sisters who gave us St. Bonaventure. But it reminds me that so many of these orders came to California and came as missionaries to found schools here, especially amongst the poor. Now, we're in Orange County right now. We don't often associate ourselves as if we're poor, but we are. We have a number of people who not only are poor today, but were very much in poverty many years ago when these sisters arrived. In, in my school, along with several schools in the Diocese of San Bernardino, the sisters that I worked with most, and there were several orders that were involved, but the couple of schools that I was involved with were from the Sisters of St. Francis of Clinton, Iowa, mm-hmm. of all places. Uh, and I know uh, there was the first school that I was in. There were two sisters there who were blood sisters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sister Beatrice Griffin, who is still around but in Clinton, Iowa, retired. Her older sister, who has since passed on only a couple of years ago, uh, and she was fully habited. She had been back in the 1960s out of the habit and then she went back and she had a profound reason for that. It was, she's a very, was a very deep, deep thinker. And uh, then at the school that I principled, we still had a, a sister, uh, sister Joan Holland, who had been a teacher who then became a spiritual director. And their legacy continues, not only through the building that they left behind from the old convent that was there before for us, but also, of course, in their charism. The Sisters of St. Francis, of course, would recite that prayer uh, that's attributed to St. Francis. There's question about that, but it, it's beautiful, like St. Francis would have written. 
And they, of course, gave us this legacy of the schools that I taught in, but also we have the Sisters of the Presentation, I assume, with a similar type of a, of a story. Now, I happen to know, having done research before we got in here, that, Alexa, you have been deeply involved with researching that legacy. Is that correct? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the Sisters of Presentation... They founded the school at St. Bonaventure. Where is St. Bonaventure? In Huntington Beach. (laughs) Okay. And so in Huntington Beach today, it's a beautiful location. Uh, There's a couple of schools along the coast there. This, though, was a missionary school at one time. Yes. Alexa, what did you learn from the presentation that you made? First of all, you put together a uh, a video. I want to go into that in a little bit, uh, probably the next segment. But you put together a video. In the process of doing that, what were the basics you found out about the sisters? Um, so it started out with them, you know, obviously growing up in Ireland and them being young women and uh, falling into service work as well as into um, to becoming a sister. And then from there, with being involved with the presentation, Sisters and Nano Nagel, you know, having a strong basis in education for children and um, service with education. They uh, were placed by their um, superiors to come to California, and they eventually uh, ended up at St. Bonaventure, what is now St. Bonaventure Catholic School. So I want to come back to their their general story, but I want to shift for a moment to the present-day legacy. So how is St. Bonaventure doing? This is now several years later. Well, St. Bonaventure is doing very well, um, you know, just a joy and a place of great, great love. And I actually attribute that to our founding sisters. Um, they still are with us on campus each and every day. We still have them in our convent. We have four uh, sisters that still live on campus. And while we've missed them this year because due to COVID, um, you know, and they're elderly. They they can't quite mix with the younger kids. But in the last few months, they've been popping up a bit more vibrant on campus again as the um, vaccinations have made their way through the greater community. And they love to stop through and talk to the children. Um, one of the, one of our sisters still works with the faith formation kids after school. And um, they attend 830 Mass every weekday. And on the weekends, you can catch them at almost any of the weekend Masses. And the charism that they brought from their foundress, Nano Nagel, not words, but deeds, really does resonate throughout our student body. You know, in those TK through eight schools, seeing our eighth graders really get it and live it and role model it for our younger students is an amazing thing to witness. And, you know, when it was harder during, uh, you know, say December to, to visit with them quite as often, they would swing through the office after hours when just the administration was working with a little joke. Sister Winnie loves to joke around and give you just a little joke or a word of encouragement. You're doing a great job. The eight hour, 18 hours you work today, Mrs. White, you know, you're doing good work yeah. that we're proud of as the uh, foundress group that started this school. True to its original mission um, in so many ways, but, you know, grown out of their mission, if that makes sense gave us a foundation to even grow up and even better, but always with that, within the lens of their perspective. So for people who are looking at your school, mm-hmm. 
as a Catholic school, this is the real deal. They're really encountering all of the roots that go into what would make a traditional Catholic school. Absolutely. Uh, at St. Bonaventure, faith formation is multidisciplinary. It's not just religion class. You know, you're not just going to have a half hour a book study and a, you know, a formative assessment move on. It is interwoven throughout everything we do, every subject matter from, you know, English language arts and math straight up to our, um, you know, our junior high grades that do the credible Catholic science program that we are, you know, that we just love working with Father Spitzer on and he trained um, our religion and science teachers in the junior high grades. So it is a true, it becomes a fiber of, of the being of each person who enters our doors. It's interesting because I know Pope Francis uh, not that long ago called for the teaching of Catholic faith in every subject. And, of course, it's not just, okay, well, let's teach math and then we'll put an overlay of religion on top of it. It's this whole concept of, you know, what is math? Uh, What is a number? Is the number four tall or short, blue or red? Well, of course it's not. But how is it real? Well, if it's just numbers that you need in order to build a bridge someday when you become an engineer, that's one thing. But it represents a reality, and that's Catholic when we start ta- thinking about it. Even math is a Catholic subject. Right. So when we're talking about people that go to St. Bonaventure, it's steeped in Catholic faith, and that goes all the way back to the sisters right. who are still involved with it. And even if they're not directly teaching classes that are there, because they used to, right? This was a place where they used to teach all the classes. Yes, they taught me specifically. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I want to come back to you, Alexa, your experience in working with them. You know, the principal here, Kim White, has just told me, she's just uh, accused you of being uh, inundated with all this Catholic faith from all these sisters. Was it true? Did you have that experience where the sisters' charism really influenced you absolutely especially like she said within the academic setting you know whether it was uh you know learning how to speak publicly and reading publicly you know we would do that through i remember our all saints mass when i was in first grade reading out loud in front of everybody yet you know obviously being surrounded and supportive by the sisters as well as you know being in the church practicing and doing that so it's fully integrated with the academic side and that was what you know, made St. Bonaventure so special for my education. Now, when you were there, were the sisters then directly involved in teaching, part-time teaching? Were they supplementing? How did that work? Mm -hmm. So at the time when I was there, Sister Carmel was the uh, principal at the time. And then I also had uh, Sister Winifred as my sixth grade teacher, Sister Maria as my eighth grade teacher, and uh, unfortunately I missed Sister Mary in fifth grade. I had another teacher, uh, but Uh, Those are the sisters that were present in terms of uh, the academic side, but there were um, other sisters that were more working with the uh, parish rather than with the um, educational side of the school, but they were also heavily involved, as well as the sisters also taught my mother, my brother. (laughs) It's been a long line of of sisters (laughs) teaching, so it's still great to hear how integrated they are with the community, even though they aren't, you know, they're teaching on campus anymore. When did you graduate? How long ago was this? So I graduated back in 2008. Okay. And so your parents go back another 15, 20, 30 years than that. Yes. And then Mm -hmm. how, uh, Mrs. White, how long ago was St. Bonaventure founded? 
When did the sisters help get this thing started? It was in 1964. I believe okay, 1964, wow. 65. There was a period of time where the school was operating, but in a warehouse over um, <laughs> by Blessed Sacrament um, yeah. Parish mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I'm off by a year, you know, yeah. so sorry. It's about 55 years. Yeah. Um, and they sort of made do as they went along. Incredibly a courageous endeavor to start the school with very mm-hmm. little to do so at the time, except for, you know, a warehouse across town. And I think that's maybe a testament to something that Alexa will get into later and the courage it took them to come from Ireland to fulfill this mission. You know, they were. Yes. Well, and and that's what I want to get into when we come back, because the reason we have you all here today is to talk a little bit about how the legacy of this group of sisters continues to influence Catholic faith and Catholic education uh, at St. Bonaventure and at large in the Diocese of Orange. So when we come back, Alexa, I want to ask you a little bit about your project that you put together uh, not that long ago. And then in a little bit after that, I want to talk about where St. Bonaventure is going from here. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Kim White, who's principal at St. Bonaventure School in Huntington Beach, along with Vanessa Fry, who's the director of enrollment, and Alexa Velenoweth. Velenoweth? I'm going to butcher that. We'll get there. We're going to butcher that day before we're done. (laughs) And when we come back, we're going to talk with Alexa V about her projects. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop Tower of Hope. Here on the beautiful campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. And with me today is Kim White, who is principal at St. Bonaventure. And along with her is Vanessa Fry, who's here in the studio with us. She is involved with enrollment. And Alexa Valenowicz, who is the designated alumnus, but also somebody who's been deeply involved, especially recently, in forming an articulated history of the involvement of the Presentation Sisters and how St. Bonaventure developed both as a school and spiritually. So with that in mind, Alexa, tell me, what did you actually do? There is a videotape that if people want to Google it, they'll find. What is this videotape? So we like to call it a nonumentary. A nonumentary. <laughs> ah, a nonumentary. Okay. <laughs> It's a documentary um, that basically highlights uh, these beautiful women uh, that have given their lives and service as presentation sisters to the St. Bonaventure community. And, uh, yeah, we created this small, short uh, documentary, and it's now available to watch anywhere online. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a good success so far. <laughs> how, how long ago did this was this thing completed? Completed? Um, well, we shot it back in 2017. And after that, you know, it took a little bit of uh, post-production with editing, coloring, and getting it all together. And I believe we uh, premiered it at the uh, St. Bonaventure auction later on that year, uh, just as a teaser for people to see it. And uh, with COVID after that, you know, we kind of held it close, thinking that we were going to, you know, go to film festivals and get it to a wider audience that way. But then, obviously, COVID happened. And so now I just decided... You know, why not make it public and have everyone watch it and and see the beauty that these women have? 
Well, and it's actually a very good short video that does an excellent job, in my opinion, of, of showcasing the ministry of these people. You know, it's interesting as you look at the lives of some of these women, because they are very dedicated women, but they're very humble. What was your experience in trying to get them to talk to you? Because I, I have a feeling it probably wasn't an easy process to get them to sit down and open up about their ministry. Most of the nuns that I've known, they don't want to make a big deal about what they actually do, even though what they actually do is tremendous. What was your experience, with well, Alexa? Well, you are correct. <laughs> it was it was difficult at first. It was, you know, slowly, slowly but surely convincing them. You know, it took a couple of meetings in person as well as a couple practice rounds, interviewing them, getting them comfortable in front of a camera, um, you know, one or two people there just to kind of get them. They've never been on set before. They've never been filmed, you know, professionally. So obviously it's, it's one thing to emotionally be vulnerable and open up and share their lives with us, but then to do it, you know, while being recorded and with a camera crew there, that's a whole nother layer to it. So, but they, they took it like champs and they, uh, <laughs> over a couple of meetings, they, they got pretty comfortable with us. And then, you know, they gave us the go. And, and after that, we, we spent two weekends with them at the convent on St. Bonaventure's campus uh, with a small crew, and we got to film them. And they, they gave us permission, which was all we could have ever asked for, was their trust. So when someone looks at this film, and, and I don't want to, to play it right now, I want people to go and see it. So if they look it up, first of all, if they just put in Nunumentary, will they be able to get it on Google? Yes, if you go on um, on YouTube, that's where the video is located. You can go on YouTube. Um, it's titled The Presentation Sisters, a Nunumentary, and you can find it there. Or we also have a website um, titled the same thing, Nunumentary, the Internet, and they can find it through there. Okay. When they push play, what are they going to experience? They're going to experience three fabulous women who are so selfless, gracious, and kind and so open and i hope they um experience the love that we i felt personally within my entire life knowing them as well as the crew who only knew them for two weekends and were so close with them that we would eat meals together and they would share with them so i hope that that their love and their welcoming nature is felt through the video to yeah. people watching at home I had two other things that hit me that really stood out um, just as, as a general feeling. And the first one was these are seasoned sisters who have been through many stages of, of life's ministry. And so I am not going to call them old because they really aren't. Chronologically, they might be, aren't we mm -hmm. all? But yeah. well, you're not. I saw you on camera too, so that's you don't qualify. I'm I'm, I'm an old man. But, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it hasn't since 2017, so who knows? <laughs> I think you, I think you still qualify as being in the young crowd, but that's okay. But the other, when I say season, I mean these are women who have genuinely engaged ministry, and it looked like that number one, they had been seasoned in this, so that they were reflecting on a ministry still actively being lived even if it's not at the same pace they used to live it. That kind of stood out. They're, they're still engaged in the ministry with you. They're in, this, in their rooms, in their living room, where you're interviewing them. 
and they're still engaged in the ministry that came out. And, and then the other thing that struck me was that part of ministry, this this is really a lived adventure for them. And it, it struck me as almost, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking of a retired Indiana Jones at the end of his term, only... Only as nuds. <laughs> they had been through kind of their own little the wild adventure of life. They're still engaged. It's like we can't get Indiana Jones to stop making movies, but these <laughs> nuns are still engaged, but they're 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 again at a, at a slower pace. But they were reflecting with you on a ministry that was well lived. They they left Ireland as we were as they were talking in your nunumentary, they left Ireland. Some of them are thinking permanently. They'll never see their family again, or if they do, it'll be only a couple of times in their life. They were blessed with having, most of them have the opportunity to do it a little more often than that, but they were going to a foreign country to be missionaries, and this was the life they've chosen to live, and they've been living it ever since. And that really came through powerfully. That's what struck me. You were the one who made this. What stood out for you? Now, and I'm going to ask you to put yourself beyond your experience with them growing up, because that gives you a whole other perspective. What struck Absolutely. you? Well, two things. One being similar to what you said. I mean, the whole reason we started this nunumentary was me and my mom were dropping off clothes at the Hope office on campus. Um, you know, me being back in 2016, 2017, and we saw Sister Winifred Walking, who was my sixth grade teacher, and I hadn't seen her since my graduation. And so we got to talk to her, and she sat in the front seat of my car. She, like, actually kicked me out of the car. My mom stopped the car. I, like, stood up. She sat in my the passenger seat, and my mom's in the driver's seat. And she just goes, and she talks to us. But she was opening up, like you said, about how she left her country and her, and her family and her life to do this service. And, you know, now that she's at the end of her life, you know, and having gone back and taken care of her family, it just, it, it, the story struck me. And, and obviously, I never realized that as a student right. um, being taught by her. But now, as a, as a young adult, I was like, wow, that I could never do that. And I know a lot of people couldn't do that. And so that was what struck me one. And then, two, like you said, not being a student or not knowing them, what struck me the most was actually when we made it. Um, to me, seeing them bond so closely with the crew. You know, we had like about a seven to eight person crew, depending on the day. And some of these crew members have never either didn't grow up Catholic or they have grown up Catholic, but were never taught by men. They've never been exposed to them before. And the fact that they connected with them so closely and they and they became such good friends by the end of the making the documentary within a matter of two weekends just spoke to me of like, wow, these are people. They're amazing women, regardless of, you know, religious affiliation, they can connect with you and be so welcoming and open. And to me, that was what I wanted to get across in the film, was how powerful they are. Well, it it just, it it seems to me to be that this internalization of the love of Christ has been with them for very long, and it's now been well-seasoned. And that came across very well to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Kim and Vanessa... You've obviously seen this as well, and I know that you're both looking at it from different perspectives. What do you walk away with from the nunumentary that uh, Alexa helped make? Well, you know, interestingly enough, I love my relationship with the Presentation Sisters, and I learn something from them every day. 
And one thing that struck me, and believe me, when I got the final version, Alexa and Mrs. Fry can attest to this, I replayed it easily like 15 times. I was so entranced by it. Um, these lovely, lovely women that I'm so privileged to, you know, interact with day in and day out. But, you know, a peek into their regular lives that they had, you know, their hearts were broken when they left their families yeah. behind in Ireland and what they gave up and how they learned to deal with pushing those feelings of hurt aside and sort of move on with their mission. I found that um, incredibly inspirational. Also, too, you know, it, it came like the light bulb came on to me when I was watching it. It's like these are empowering role models for young people of today, not just young women, but young men and women, as how to approach daily life with devotion and care and coexisting your faith in your work. And as a lay leader, you know, we sort of think of our religious, not just the presentations, but others, they're just sort of there and on your campus. But that's not really true. They're really um, just strength uh, amidst quiet. That struck me that even Sister Maria, who was our last uh, sister to retire about four years ago or so, how active she is within our daily existence even four years later. And they've taught me a great deal as a lay leader. And I just think that a lot of young men and women could benefit um, from using, utilizing them as role models in their lives. And another thing, too, people think the religious or the nuns are not, you know, the pastors and the priests, they sort of run the show. And I was at our year-end lunch two years ago. Um, we had the whole parish and the sisters were there and our pastor, Father Joe, was there. And we were all sitting at the same table. And all I heard Father Joe saying was, yes, sister. Yes, sister. Yes, sister. When he was talking to Sister Maria, and I was like, I'm thinking Sister Maria may be pretty in charge here for a little bit at the time. So it was, it used to be her school. Yes, exactly. And I actually joined St. Bonaventure the year Alexa graduated. So we, I, we were never yeah. there together. But as Alexa was graduating out along with Sister Carmel retired that year, it was her last year as principal. And I was hired in by the incoming principal. So they were sort of shadowing one another. So um, and I think that Alexa is a wonderful testament to what I'm saying, that she took her time. And, you know, this passion, this inspiration, I think that the, the sisters are smiling on you right now. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> when we come back, I want to, to move to Vanessa for just a moment, and I want to ask you about what the school is doing today to further that, because you're in marketing. So how do you bring the modern world to these sisters and these sisters of the modern world? You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today are a bunch of people from St. Bonaventure School in Huntington Beach. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about the legacy of these wonderful sisters and how that's being seen today. We will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Kim White, principal at St. Bonaventure uh, School in Huntington Beach, Vanessa Fry, director of marketing, and Alexa Milenowicz, who has put together what's called a nunumentary on the Sisters of the Presentation who founded St. Bonaventure. This is the thing that always struck me about Catholic education, and I come at it from a biased perspective, having been involved with it myself for quite some time. This is not a, a job. 
Now, I, I grant you that in public education, and I, I don't want to denigrate my public education government school colleagues, very dedicated people, but they're, they're dedicated to an occupation with a great deal of dedication. But this is a ministry, and there's a difference between a dedicated occupation that you really love, like being a doctor or a nurse, very, very, very dedicated. And this year, we've been re-educated. Like two years ago, the whole fires that were all over Southern California and Orange County and how important the fire department can be. But still, they get to go home. And frankly, when they go home, there's a part of them that wants to disengage, no longer remember. I remember my mother, who was a nurse, she used to uh, record her thoughts on the way home. So when she got home, she wouldn't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> that isn't the case at least as far as I have seen with most of the teachers, well, most of the teachers that stay hired anyway, (laughs) most of the teachers that I've known in Catholic education, is it? Let me ask you, Principal White. Oh, you know, it is a personal mission for them. And, you know, I myself having, I taught first grade for many years in the Catholic school system. And, you know, we're making disciples of children. What we are teaching them takes them beyond this world. And that is a privilege to be engaged in that. And it's something that once you are dedicated to it, for those teachers that you say, the ones who are really in it, you can't teach without it anymore. Not as a Catholic educator. No. no. And I I noticed something when I was, um, I made the transition. I was actually high school before I became a principal. Mm -hmm. And I noticed when I saw parents that I had known as parents of high school students, still parents at the elementary school I took over, which was across the parking lot. Right. They're involved with this for 25 years. They come in unsuspectedly at kindergarten. <laughs> they enroll their children with their first child yeah. and with another one that just has been bored. Mm-hmm. And, you know, four more children later, and they're here 25 years. Mm-hmm. And what parents fail to realize when they first start this endeavor is that they become in some ways, as evangelized in this process as the students. It's really a family ministry, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I think (laughs) that that is one of the things that came through when I was watching the Nunumentary, is that these sisters, whether they were involved with the school or the parish, that they were involved with family ministry. And it just so happened the school was the foil they were using for this group within the parish, but it was a family ministry, and they never got got away from that. I take it that that carries on. I'm watching your smile. People on on the radio can't see you smile. But I take it that that is what is being carried on. That's part of the legacy of the sisters. Yes. And I think that actually I was smiling because what you said so accurately described my feelings towards it. It was uncanny. So uh, we Catholic educators certainly do have something in common. (laughs) That was part of my speech every April where we were telling people, (laughs) you're going to be involved because they're... Parents, when they get involved here, they are now going to birthday parties. They are being called at night about what was that homework assignment. They are engaged, whether they like it or not. And lo and behold, Mm -hmm. they become as engaged with this school. And that doesn't happen the same way Mm -hmm. at public school. You can have a couple of very involved parents. But in Catholic school, it really only works if all the parents are somehow engaged, some more than others, but all engaged. It's a community that goes beyond the student-teacher relationship or the student-go-to-mass-on-Sunday relationship or the, you know, it all has to come together. And it does in a way that makes it a community experience, a shared community experience that's a value. 
Um, Catholic education is a value for many reasons. Yes, uh, the good education. But I would say that that sense of community with ongoing faith formation, it doesn't end at eighth grade. And I always say to everybody about me, it's kind of a joke around campus. It's like Catholic, raising fine young Catholic men and women or Catholic education, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And that's the truth. When eighth grade goes, when they go on, I stay in touch with the kids through confirmation. You know, we have a little program. When they go off to college, they mail me pencils. And I think that that was started through the values many years ago by our presentations, 55 years ago or so at St. Bonaventure. And, uh, you know, love multiplies. And that's what we see as a byproduct today. And actually, um, if you look through the blessing in COVID, which, you know, there's a lot of nobody wants a pandemic, obviously, that's awful. But there are silver linings. There's blessings in there. And one of the blessings is that we see this sort of community experience, uh, ongoing faith formation of adults together with their children in the school, the integrated school parish life you know, one larger, not a school here in a parish over there, we are seeing a reinvigoration of that. And that really is a, is a joy to be a part of. Alexa, this reminds me again of that story you just told about how you saw your sixth grade teacher and she escorts you out of the car so she could sit and then talk to you because even though she hadn't seen you in many years, she's still engaged in your life. This was a ministry to her. It was not a, a just a job. Absolutely. Uh, you spent a couple of weekends with them after having known them, and now I'll bring in your ongoing relationship with them. Do you think they're yeah, happy I, with the way the school has gone? I mean, I, I granted, and please don't get into politics here. We're not going to deal with the individual <laughs> issues. But are they happy with the trajectory? Do they believe that what they set in motion is going in the trajectory they thought it would? I think they do. Yes, I, I wouldn't like to speak for them, but... I know that they voiced that many a times that they're so proud of the St. Bonaventure students. They love visiting them and getting to, you know, see them. And even if they don't have as close of a personal relationship with all of them due to teaching them. But I think that they are really happy with how the school is and having those instilled values uh, based in the education that the students are receiving. Um, I know I've, Obviously, I received them, and regardless of the nonumentary, I I know I would still be texting Sister Maria like I do, (laughs) or, you know, talking to my high school Spanish teacher from modern-day Catholic high school. I mean, um, Catholic school has really put a great foundation in me to um, lean on that community, like uh, the principal said. So when you're talking to these nuns and they're looking at their life's work, and again, it's not over but it's in process, and they're reflecting mm-hmm. on how they are passing the torch, so to speak. They've passed the baton. They've been successful in planting seeds that Christ has been allowed to grow. They've, you think they feel good about their ministry? I think they do. Yeah, I, I really think they do. And like, I mean, I always just go back to the quote that Sister Winifred said in the monumentary, um, be your best self, because being your best self is what the Lord wants us to be. And I think that is what... Uh, they hope for the St. Bonaventure community, and I definitely think they are fulfilling that by being them, their best selves. See, this is one of the things that I remember as a principal when, when Sister Joan was retiring, and she had no longer been a, a teacher for quite some time, but she uh, was the campus minister essentially for quite a number of years. So that the, the, just because the sisters have been vacating, it doesn't mean their charism is gone. 
And in fact, they, oh, absolutely not. they frankly train the teachers. Now, I, I grant you yeah. that the principals train the teachers, but I as a principal know that the colleagues, <laughs> the mentors, they're the ones who do most of the heavy lifting on the training of the teachers. And these nuns were the ones who trained the ones who are now training, which means when you enter and, and when we come back, I'm going to talk more about this. But for people who start today, who've never had the experience of going to school with active nuns who are engaged in in day-to-day classroom education with the students, they're still being educated by the nuns. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And when we come back, I want to shift gears for just a moment. I want to talk about the challenges that COVID has represented, but also some of the blue sky we've been able to see. I know having talked to your superintendent a couple of months ago about how this school year was going, we have uh, demonstrated that you can start a school year with everyone being present, or at least most people being present, and still not be a super spreader of COVID. And in fact, everything seems to be going fairly smoothly. Knock on wood and thanks be to God. But in addition to that, things are growing. So with that in mind and that tease, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how the legacy of these sisters continues to grow and expand. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today are a number of people representing St. Bonaventure School, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today has been... Uh, a number of people from St. Bonaventure School in Huntington Beach. And before we go any further, I want to thank them all very much for taking the time to come in and share with us not only their school, but in in an important twist, really the legacy of the people who founded their school. Uh, We have had Alexa Valanowicz. Did I say that correctly again? You did. We're getting closer. (laughs) By the time we're done here, I will be able to pronounce it. Uh, And Alexa... (laughs) (laughs) Alexa is an alum of the school who did what she calls a nunumentary, a documentary on the foundations and ministry and charism and ongoing ministry of the Sisters of the Presentation who founded the school back in the 1960s, who came out from Ireland as missionaries and uh, left their families behind and started this great adventure, which they've been here ever since. And they're still involved with the school. They're not as as physically involved with the school, but their, their presence is still very much felt. They're very much involved in different ways. And your monumentary actually goes into that. And so we've been able to to talk about how Catholic schools in general are different, and this is a great example of that, that here we have most of our schools were started this way with nuns who came out and they gave the love of Christ, and by the way, they got a great education while they did it, and that's been passed on now to the next generation, and even though most of our schools no longer have nuns actively involved in the day-to-day ministry of the school Academically, their charism, their, their, their spirituality and their, their attitude toward life is still there. So Alexa, thank you both for making that and for being on with us today. Kim, thank you very much. Kim White is the principal of the school. She's come in to talk to us about how this has continued to impact her. I want to say thank you to Vanessa. And then Vanessa, I want to ask you a question. How is the school doing? You're involved with marketing. 
I assume you were expecting when COVID hit that your numbers would drop precipitously, your job would be in danger, <laughs> and so too would be a number of other people on campus. How are the numbers doing? Well, St. Bonaventure School uh, survived and thrived uh, when COVID hit. So first of all, looking back in the spring when the governor closed everything, our teachers, our staff, our principal just really stepped up to the plate. I mean, they were working 12-hour, 14-hour days to ensure that our current students in the spring were matriculating forward and still learning and receiving a quality education. And layer on top of that, my job in making sure our family still felt our serious sense of community that we just pride ourselves on, which is the love and faith that our presentation sisters have, you know, established with, with our whole school and church. And so um, we worked super hard during the spring. We worked hard all summer to open in person and, and, and have the uh, safe reopening plan um, and got the waiver approved. And it's been uh, hard work, but it's been God's work, as Mrs. White always says. And St. Bonaventure is thriving right now. Um, the students are getting a, a great faith-based education. Families who have come here from public schools are telling me, you know, we didn't know what we were missing until we came to St. Bonaventure. And I know that's true across all of our other sister Catholic schools in Orange County. You know, everybody's been working very hard and um, providing an amazing education, as well as providing a loving and faith-filled environment. And we're just so proud of the work we've done, our teachers and staff, our current families, and all of our new prospective families that are coming. So we do have a wait list right now for all of our oh, wow. grades. Are you down from last year, I assume? No, we're up. You're up from last year. So, so we despite were... COVID, you're up from last year. Yes, yes. We... And you've got a wait list for next year, a real wait list, not just yeah. a, well, we're going to wait to contact you and get you in anyway. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you're, you're, you're full. Wow. Well, what's the capacity for the school? Well, right now we're working on still a, a social distance to model. Our capacity is about 600, and we're we're coming in right at 600 right now. Wow. We we went to the campus closure on March 16th, I think at 465, then went up this year, started at 510, and we're up to 600 now with a waiting list for next year. Wow. So with that in mind, if people are listening that are interested in Catholic education, they need to get on the wait list if they want to go to St. Bonaventure in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. And they might want to hedge their bet by talking to other Catholic schools mm-hmm. right. and getting on that wait list right away. Mm-hmm. California has gone through a very difficult time educationally mm-hmm. throughout the state. And this is a time when a number of people who have thought that Catholic education can be just so expensive, mm-hmm. just too expensive, until they realize, well, now, wait a minute. You know, it's about the cost of, of a car payment. I can afford that. Can I afford this for my kids? And I just want to circle back to Alexa's nunumentary real quick, because showing that even to the new families we've had this year and those new families coming in next year, they are so impressed that an alumni would come and create this documentary, nunumentary, about these women. And it really is just so moving. You You were asking earlier how you felt when we watched it. I was emotional. Yeah. You know, and my husband was as well. Yeah. I guess I was going to save this for the very last moment, but I'll, I'll say what I was going to now. Alexa came across to me as one of the greatest legacies of the sisters. She just symbolically being towards the end, she was in in and out of the, the 
nonumentary. She was kind of on the sidelines for most of it till we get towards the end there. And then, iconically, it's almost as if here's part of the legacy. And look, she's moving forward and she's doing these professional things like making making movies. <laughs> and here we're going to show one of the movies we're making. It happens to be about you, sisters. And look at what you've done to me. And uh, Alexa, without you know, using you as just a, an object lesson here, don't want to make you an object, but nevertheless, what a great legacy you are just in who you are and what you do for these sisters. I I take it that hasn't Thank been lost on so you. Much. All humility aside, it's not your fault. That's their fault. So <laughs> <laughs> you just received. Well, I was taught well. I was taught well from the sisters, but thank you. I mean, maybe I should come on radio interviews more often. I, I mean, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is great. But, so I really appreciate all of your kind words for saying that. And But, you know, again, I just want wanted to reflect the beauty that was in the presentation, sisters. And I just hope that they, they get the recognition they deserve um, because, they deserve it most. Well, and there and we, is a donation. Like, <laughs> if, if anyone feels free to donate after the, uh, the watching. <laughs> well, no, that's true, too. And the donation link can be important. And, and that's the other thing here is we've talked about them and lauded them. But as you watch this movie, the other thing that comes across, especially when they're talking about some of the leaving home and some of the the people they knew from their, their past lives, so to speak, they're real human beings, They've got pains, they've got frustrations, yep. they've got their emotions, and you captured a lot of that feeling without going into embarrassing detail, which some documentaries can do. They, they were able to convey that depth of human reality, of, of their humanity, in ways that was quite moving, in a way that made it very real. They, these are not saints that you can't reach. These are not in a... This is what it would be like to live a good life as a Catholic okay. And you succeeded in, in bringing that across. Importantly, though, as you have been able to continue their legacy out in the real world making movies, so too is the school continuing. So I would go back to uh, Principal White. If you were addressing people who are on the fence about Catholic education in general and St. Bonaventure uh, specifically, uh, let's assume for a moment that there are still some openings at St. Bonaventure, but... Because there aren't, you can also broaden it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Why would people want to move off the fence, especially those who are struggling financially? Not necessarily. I mean, obviously, if if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. But very few people really honestly fit into that category Mm -hmm. of really can't afford it. Isn't that true? It is true. You know, we're very proud to have a robust tuition assistance program um, at St. Bonaventure. So we encourage all people to apply regardless of their ability to pay. We will help them with a hand in to the best of our ability. However, I think that it's important to impress to them what a great value Catholic education really is. And I think if you look at um, someone like Alexa, that she um, represents the best of what Catholic school has to offer. Our presentation sisters, some might in their heads think they're traditional, but no, they this forward-thinking young lady truly represents the forward-thinking women that they were for their time. And um, although I never was with Alexa, we sort of were ships that crossed in the night in 2008, um, I still feel like she's my student. And I think that if you look at St. Bonaventure as a whole, there's an interesting uh, description of the dedication towards the education and the faith formation. And that's that 65% of our alumni, 
want to come back in some capacity. 65% of our teachers, we have 70 employees there. They have some association with Mrs. Fry's children went to St. Bonaventure, um, you know, or they themselves went there. It's just it's such an incredible um, thing to be a part of that you, that love grows. And I think that that's what there's always room to extend your arms and then welcome more into the fold. And you do get a great ed- education. I mean, we have the scores and statistics to back that. That's a given. But as far as that with the value of the young men or women like yeah. Alexa, you know, how they go on into um, high school and then life there beyond is a testament in and of itself. We, we live in very um, trying times with a lot of people who have a lot of questions about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And in Catholic school, we start with certain truths. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. is son of God and wanted us to love each other in how we live out our lives, including how we educate our children. And we're able to get that grounding mm-hmm. at a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And you certainly get it at St. Bonaventure. Thank you, ladies, for being with us today. Uh, and thank you as well, Alexa, for being on the phone with us. Principal White, would you please lead us in a brief word of prayer? Sure. Um, you know, every November with our presentation sisters, we honor them d- during the uh, week of the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So in their honor, let's join together in a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy mm. Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. Thank you very, very much. This has been quite an experience because we do a lot of shows on Catholic education, partly because we've got a number of things that come up. But this is this was very different and very welcome. And it had to do with really seeing the clear tie between the ministry of Jesus Christ and how our children benefit from Jesus in their lives. So thank you again for coming on. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today has been several people from St. Bonaventure School in Huntington Beach, Principal Kim White, Vanessa Fry, the Director of Marketing and Enrollment, and Alexa Velenoweth, who is um, who has done a nunumentary on the Presentation Sisters who founded the school. If after listening to this you would like to hear it again, you can go to our website. We have it uh, as podcast shortly after the broadcast. That would be at OCCatholic.com. And at OCCatholic.com, you can go to the radio tab, and you will see a number of radio programs we produce, including this, our flagship, Orange County Catholic Radio. And we will have the podcast there for you to download. And you can share this. You can send it. But either way, you can spread the gospel and remind people that the ministry that these sisters have done continues with us in the legacy of the children that they have inspired to continue into ministries like what Alexa has done. I'm Rick Howick. On behalf of all of us at Orange County Catholic Radio, thank you for listening, and we will see you again next week.